I'm Nat Finley. And I'm Adele Herman. You are listening to And We Go On, a podcast produced by She Unites. We are a nonprofit located in Dubuque, Iowa, with the mission of uniting women from across the Midwest to build a stronger community through engagement, genuine conversation, companionship, and supporting causes that matter. Our vision for the show is to continue the conversation had at our monthly educational events for women by women. And now we go on. Hey y'all, Adele here popping in to tell you that this wonderful episode with Anne Funky is the last episode of season one. We've covered a lot of topics and hosted some incredible guests, and we can't wait to have more amazing conversations with our incredible community of women. Enjoy this episode of And We Go On, and we will catch you for season two coming this winter. Hi guys, it's Nat Finley and Adele Herman. We are back with Anne Funky here. Uh, she spoke with us back in April, and we are so excited. Welcome, Anne. Thank you. Glad to be here. We are going to be talking about what is your body trying to tell you? Um, and first and foremost, we are going to have Anne introduce herself um, and kind of take it away. Anne, let us know a little bit about uh, who you are, what you're doing and all that good stuff. Okay. So I have um, been in Dubuque for about 12 years, born and raised in Muscatine, Iowa. So I've always been here. Um, I was a student at the University of Northern Iowa for both my bachelor's and master's degrees in education. So that's where my professional world has always been, either teaching at the high school level, teaching at the higher ed level. Um, throughout college, I felt stress as many college students do. And that's when I found the practice of yoga and mindfulness. And so throughout the last 12 years or so, I've been practicing and teaching those as well as more in the formal setting at the University of Dubuque. Uh, my career there started in career services. So advising students on how to be professional, advising students on how to write resumes, how to interview, how to get that job. And what I found was all of those conversations centered around um, number one, stress, but number two, their emotional intelligence, right? Like, are you being smart with feelings? Are you able to communicate who you are uh, verbally? And that part always really stressed students out. And so all of a sudden these realms of emotions and stress and just who we are as these adult professionals was kind of merging together. And so that's led me to what I'm doing right now at UD which is um, working in the personal empowerment program. So if you listen to the Dr. Liza Johnson episode, I teach the class that she oversees and then also courses called Worldview. So it allows students to explore their identity, explore what makes them tick, what their purpose is, um, all really meaningful things. And so right now I'm working on my doc doctoral degree um, in social emotional education in hopes of studying stress in athletes and stress in faculty too. Right. Cause well, stress, cool. yeah, stress mm -hmm. is a real thing as we all know in education. And I think a lot of times research is K-12 focused and people mm -hmm. assume that college students have it figured out oh, and college word. faculty yeah. Yeah, have no. it figured out. Right. That's, that's <laughs> a hard no. So, right. yeah. So I'm hoping that in the next couple of years, I um, am able to research and find out more about how we can help work through stress at that age group. I love that you started there with your, I feel like your entire career has been like really building blocks and like yeah, where you have started. Sure. That's really cool. But when you talked about being in the advisory and mm. working through all of that, it was stressful, like right. picking out classes, Oh my gosh, yes. being in a new space, seeing new friends mm -hmm. or, you know, not even at that point, they're not even friends. They're, you know, just new people. Trying and, to find friends, right? Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> right. And, I mean, I was stressed trying to find my locker in high school. And then you put yourself in like a, you know, a college setting and then you're like, now I'm supposed to live here. Right. <laughs> and you're supposed to make it look easy. Like, you know, what's happening. 
right? right? Like oh you can't gosh. ask a question. God forbid you don't know how to navigate the college life. Right. So yeah, yeah. It's been really eye-opening to teach that age group because as a college student, I remember some of that, but also so much excitement. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of our age group right now coming out of the pandemic too, where they have online experience these last couple of years. I mean, it's a struggle to interact face to face. It's a struggle to yeah. have hard conversations. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a really fun and humbling like couple of years working with them. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So back in April, you came to us with She Unites and with the programming that you uh, delivered to us in April, can you kind of give us a little bit of a recap on that? And then we can kind of dive in a little bit deeper into that. So what you started with, um, like when you're talking about our plan, so for mindfulness, what that kind of looks like. Yeah, for sure. So the session back in April, um, you know, my goal when I present is always to make it really interactive. So we talked a lot about um, how we interpret stress, right? So I'm looking across at Nat and Adele and what's stressful for me is different for Nat, is different for Adele. You know, we could all face the same situation and feel different levels of stress. I mean, and, and that's how most of us navigate life. So in our session, we talked a lot about how stress is really unique to us and it takes a lot of self-awareness to figure out what feels stressful, but also why, and what can I do with that stress? So then our conversation led to these six strategies, which I know we'll talk about in a little while, but these six strategies that don't force you to change your lifestyle. They don't force you to change your routines more than five or 10 minutes a day. Um, And I think that's what people are looking for, right? Like we hear about in these self-care industries, like, oh, you know, if you spend 20 hours a week focusing on X, Y, Z, and if you buy this product, life will be easier and your stress will go away. Um, And that's not real life. And that's not, yeah, no, that that doesn't happen. Right. And so thinking about it in these five minute increments, I think was important for me to share with these women that attended and say, Hey, all of us can, can do these six things. We don't have to do them all to reduce our stress, but all of them are possible. Mm -hmm. And so that was my goal of the conversation was to make stress management feel more tangible and more possible. Yeah. I like the interactive side. That was really fun. The way that you pulled that in there. Well, and part of it, if you, you know, recall, if you were there and those, the two of you sitting here, a huge way to reduce our stress is community. And so the whole mm-hmm. mission of She Unites, <laughs> whether you mean to or not, is combative to stress. And so watching all these women interact with each other and smile, I could physically see like shoulders relaxing, mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. leaning in, people feeling seen and heard like they belong. Mm-hmm. And that tells our nervous system that we're safe. Right. So Mm -hmm. that tells us that we are in a place where we can be ourselves and we can kind of let our guard down. Um, so yeah, there's, there's things that we are doing like that, that we don't even realize are helpful for stress, but it's, it's really powerful. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for reminding us that because sometimes I feel like sometimes what we're doing, I'm like, oh, it yeah, was well, a long time ago. <laughs> it was a long time ago, yeah. but even just our monthly programming, even the podcast, our recess events, like it's just a solid reminder, like things that we are doing are on mission and what we're doing in absolutely. the community and online. So absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. So let's talk about how our bodies communicate with us physically, emotionally, and, um, physically, physically, emotionally, and through our thoughts. Can you kind of like break those down? You mentioned them a little bit, but can you kind of go a little bit deeper into those? I can. So, you know, it's interesting, even as we're talking about this and when I was speaking, like 
we break them down to understand it better, but we're just this one big system, right? Like our bodies Mm -hmm. and our brains and our emotions and our thoughts really aren't things we can separate. Mm -hmm. And so our physical sensations, our physical bodies are going to communicate with us in a lot of different ways. And if we're thinking in the context of stress, think about the last time that you were really overwhelmed or stressed, right? So for me, I had a stomach ache. I had a headache. I was sweaty. I was irritable. My thoughts were really negative, right? Mm -hmm. And I think I could put either of you on the spot and you could come up with a few different thoughts, feelings, and physical sensations. Mm -hmm. To me, I've practiced self-study with my body long enough through the practice of yoga that that's what I notice first, right? Mm -hmm. So our body is constantly trying to tell us information throughout the day, whether it's positive, negative, whether it's stress-related or something completely different about how we should interact with our environment, how we should go about our days, how we should approach challenges, how we should make decisions. Um, We're really good at shutting it down because our thoughts I feel are loudest for me, right? Mm -hmm. We're taught to be logical, with, we're thought to think first, not feel right. Yes. Emotions can be dangerous or emotions aren't valid sources of information. And so I know I've had to do a lot of undoing in terms of recognizing my physical body has something wise to say, because sometimes my thoughts are what is not correct, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to act on my thoughts. I should be acting on my physical sensations or, or my, um, or my emotions and feelings. Um, so that's kind of a long-winded first step here with the physical sensations, but I think our bodies communicate in millions of ways, right? Like if we can tune in, we, we hear that and see that, mm-hmm. um, when it comes to emotions and feelings, we have them all day long. They come in clusters. There's not a moment in our lives that we're not having an emotion, but again, we're taught that they can be dangerous or that there's only few that are safe and okay and appropriate and socially acceptable to feel right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if we've only ever told that it's okay to be happy, sad, pissed off, or I don't know, scared. That's a vulnerable one. So let's take that out of there. Mm -hmm. Those are the only emotions we can recognize, right? So emotions and feelings are trying to tell us, Hey, here's how to navigate. Here's how your body and your feelings are trying to tell you what to do. But again, we, we like to um, drown those out a little bit. And like I, like I said, our thoughts are just the real that's going on in our brain again, constantly just like emotions and thoughts or like emotions and feelings that are trying to help us out, but sometimes our thoughts are, um, maybe misleading compared to what our bodies and feelings say. At least that's what Mm. I tend to believe. Oh yeah. I feel like we talk a lot about like when my thoughts are very, very loud, I have to be very careful. And and I think saying it out loud and saying it to a friend Mm. is helpful So to be like, Hey, my thoughts are really loud right now. Not all of them are true. And this is what And this is what either this, you know, either I write them down or I'm say them out loud and be like, okay, let me just like swift through the ones that aren't true. And then the ones that I know are true, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, like you said, even with the physical side, I feel like because as women, we are busy Mm -hmm. and we are doers and we are goers and we are able to have a lot of tabs open that to actually like sit and feel those like physical things. It's vulnerable. Yes. And I, (laughs) even yesterday morning, or maybe it was this morning, I woke up and I was like, Ooh, I'm tired. I have a headache. I know I didn't drink enough water yesterday. Yes. Um, I know I didn't get a ton of sleep. So like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I need to take a nap today. I need to chug a bunch of water. I maybe probably need like a liquid vitamin, you know, or a liquid, um, something hydration. Yeah. Something hydration. I know I cannot be drinking a ton of coffee today, even though I'm tired, it's not going to support the body, you know, my body the way. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I know what I need to do. Maybe take a few extra vitamins and eat healthy. Like 
And honestly, not hearing you say that you're light years ahead of most women. Like, yeah, most yeah. Of them, <laughs> like whoa, whoa, whoa. that's impressive. Like, you know what you need. And I that's know what so I need. far beyond what so many of us can say. Yeah, but totally. I, but, <laughs> yeah. that, I, but that used to be the other side of me. I used to not even like check into that. And right, I would yeah. just let my anxiety like be like, why is this? And right. just, and then I would just get heavy with negative thoughts mm-hmm. to be like, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. I didn't do this. Instead of being like, I need this for my body. Right. Yeah. So I used to just, I, I feel like my anxiety just kind of would like swing all day to be like, mm-hmm. Oh, my body's tired. My body's tired. Instead of being like, I need a nap today. I just need to carve out a little bit of time to lay down for like 20 minutes absolutely, or whatever that looks like, or I need to be carrying water everywhere with me. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and I need to move my body at some point. So I did mow the lawn today. Well done. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Productive Excellent. and movement. Right? Yes. Well, and yeah. I hear you say, yeah. you know, your anxiety, and I feel like that's a word we hear a lot. And that's a very real word that a mm-hmm. lot of us feel and experience right now, but it's directly related to stress. Right. And so mm-hmm. if we ignore yeah. the stress for a long time and it becomes this chronic stress, it turns into anxiety and mm-hmm. that's our body saying, okay, I tried to tell you quietly. So I'm going to shout it now because you're not listening. Right. So mm-hmm. I'm going to send you these thoughts or these feelings and these physical sensations that you cannot ignore anymore, mm-hmm. but they're much more debilitating when we let it get to that point. Right. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like a common like theme that we've been having in like these conversations in the podcast wise has been like that most people like don't even know where to begin mm-hmm. with like that self like evaluation. So true. Whether that's like physical, emotional, thought-based, like whatever, they don't even know how to begin to even identify those things, whether Mm. that's like in like their actual physical health or just in their mental state, Mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. I do feel like a lot. Yeah. A lot lot of those conversations we a hundred percent. Well, and unfortunately, I mean, even conversations like this can maybe be interpreted as overwhelming, right? Like you're Mm -hmm. telling me I have to figure out my thoughts and my emotions and my body all at once. And that's just not true, right? Like you Mm -hmm. have to start with one thing, right? If my thoughts are the loudest part of my system that I can't ignore, maybe I start with stopping that train of thought and starting the positive self-talk or starting the affirmations, right? If my body is aching and it's really loudly communicating messages, maybe I start tuning into physical body first, Mm -hmm. right? It's just like any practice. Like you can't change 50 habits overnight, right? You got to pick small (laughs) things or you just have to start like educating yourself. I think a lot of this starts with number one, self-awareness, which I've mentioned already, but a lot of it's also saying, I'm not going to be perfect. And Mm -hmm. if you read my bio, I'm a recovering perfectionist, right? Like that's just, I think I will always be right. Cause that was a story I told myself since I was, I don't know, since I can remember that perfect was where to strive for, you're always going to fail, right? Like if Mm -hmm. you're striving for perfection. And so I think that if we can let go of the need to accomplish a stress-free life, which is impossible, then we kind of give ourselves permission. Like, Oh, okay, well I'll just start five minutes a day with breathing practices, or I'm going to move my body for five extra minutes a day, Mm -hmm. or I'm going to journal, or I'm going to spend time with my safe people that love me and support me and that I feel belonging. Mm -hmm. And then once you start to feel the benefits of that, add one more in, right? Mm -hmm. But I, it it is, it's overwhelming to know like, well, what do I do? I'm busy and I have to carry all these plates and I feel like I'm, you know, drowning. Right. I know. Don't think that I have it all figured out at the age of 34. Mm. I just listed off <laughs> right. just, you know, minor self-awareness things right. that I have been literally working on for the last like 10 years of my life. <laughs> okay. You're doing great. But right. Again, acknowledging and being like, Hey, today was a hard day where I woke up tired. Yeah. I have things going on and yet I know what I need. Mm-hmm. Like, look at that. I know what I need. Yeah. Even if I can't give myself a nap, 
and the hundred ounces of water and a three mile ride. I know where I went wrong. I know. (laughs) I know I could do one of those things, right? I can at least sit on the couch and chug water. Oh, totally. It can be done. It can be done. Yeah. And also too, I can always send a text, you know, to a friend to be like, Hey, this is what I need today. Or, Mm -hmm. Hey, can you, you know, send me some good vibes or Mm -hmm. shoot me a prayer or whatever. I think that took me a long time to get into that vulnerable space to be like, Hey, I need this. And can you help me? Absolutely. And I know the people that I can ask for that. Yeah. 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 And building your village of people too, who can sense when you're not yourself Mm -hmm. or can Mm -hmm. sense when you're overwhelmed. And I, Adele, I don't know you as well as I know Natalie, but it's like, if you sense that at Carline drop off with our kids, (laughs) you bring me jumble 30 minutes later, you know, you've got a latte at my door. And it's like, I need to remember that those people in my village are really important Mm -hmm. because they are seeing what I'm not my best self and they are doing what they can to help me work through that. You know? So I think mm-hmm. that's important. Totally. Some props over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're getting there. Yeah, we are. So for one of the questions that I, I really wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. um, where do you think most people get like caught up or stuck when they're trying to build these habits with being in tune with our bodies. Cause I felt like I was trying to think about that when I was writing these questions and like working through this, what we talked about in April. And I was like, you know, thinking back to when I did start college and, you know, as being an athlete and then moving into like, you know, young adulthood and, you know, even motherhood, I'm like, where were, where were like my hiccups that kind of like I paralyzed myself into like not move forward. Cause I, I do remember a lot in college that I, chose not to educate myself Mm -hmm. and I chose not to slow down and I chose not to like recognize anything. Mm -hmm. So like, where, where would you say with, you know, what you see with young adults, um, in your yoga practice, you know, where do you see most people get like kind of caught up or like stuck? I would say, yeah, if that that makes sense. It does make sense. And it's a, it's a multi-part answer, I think to your question. And I'll repeat a few things that I've said, but I think it, it will lead to an answer that hits on your question. Mm -hmm. So like I said earlier on, stress is a really tricky thing because we all have different definitions. Like when I say stress, you listeners and you two might think of it completely differently than I do. Like we kind of have a common definition, but I might not exactly hit the mark where you even define it. So we have different definitions and interpretations of what it looks like, what it feels like for our unique selves. Right. Mm -hmm. So First of all, we can recognize like we're all going to get stuck in different spots because we are experiencing it so differently. Mm -hmm. Um, And what feels stressful, like I said before, for you might not be stressful for me at all. Right. So I shared in our talk, public speaking to me um, with a live audience, maybe podcast is a different situation, (laughs) but with a live audience, that doesn't really stress me out. Right. I might get a little jittery, but I feel pretty good and confident regardless of what I say, because I've practiced that. Adele, you might think completely opposite, right? Like, I don't, I don't know, but someone else might say, well, I would love to run a marathon or run a race. Well, that might scare me, right? Or stress Mm -hmm. me out. So it's just, we have to remember that. And I think we're really good at judging each other about like, well, why does that seem so stressful? But Mm -hmm. everybody's heart is their heart. Mm -hmm. Everybody's stress is their stress. So I think that we got to lay that down first. When it comes to getting like caught up or stuck, I think again, that so many of us try to make the goal getting rid of stress completely, Mm. right? Like that sounds like a pretty sweet life, like a stress-free life, but that like bearer of bad news here, it's not possible, right? Like life is stressful. It will always have an element of stress or um, unexpected things that happen that we maybe don't prefer. 
So if we can accept that life is full of stressful situations, then we can start to say, great, we're going to experience stress between now and the day I die. What can we do to reduce that or make sure that we can maybe not embrace it, but live with it as something that doesn't like ruin us, right? That doesn't Mm -hmm. completely knock us down when we face it. And so I think it's shifting our expectations of get rid of the stress completely to be perfect and stress-free and carefree to how do I live with the stress so it doesn't cripple me and doesn't turn into true mental health issues. Does that make sense? So I think, again, recognize we can't eliminate it. And then building awareness of what does feel stressful for me, right? And I am still a work in progress, right? Like I chose to spend more time at home with my kids a couple of years ago. And while I don't regret that decision at all, I didn't realize how much a messy house stresses me out. And when I got to the bottom of it, it's because it's like, oh, that's my job because I'm home and I'm failing at that job. Am I a failure at a mother? Am I a failure? You know, Mm -hmm. so I spiraled, right? Just because the dishes weren't done. I've talked to so many other moms who are like, oh, I can let the dishes go. That's no big deal. But, you know, if I don't do this and this. So it's just, yeah, it's just so um, important to build that awareness of what is stressful and not to compare like, oh, well, man, that person has financial issues and is living paycheck to paycheck. But my stress is just because I don't like the paint color I chose in my room. Like, that's okay. You're allowed to let that be stressful. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it, comparing our stress is a really unhealthy practice too. Mm. It's a good reminder. No, that yeah. was a lot to answer your no, very I, clear I, question, I, but I thought that was great. Oh yeah. Same. <laughs> okay. no, I thought it was great. Yeah. Because it, I, I think it is so easy to compare our stressors with other people, yeah. especially because we live so heavily online, which drives me in bonkers. comparison. Yeah. In comparison. Yeah. And we see certain things and it's hard not to think, Oh, they have no stressors or, their stressors are smaller than my stressors or, you know, look how quickly they lost that baby weight or like, look how many travels that person's taking. And yeah, those fancy smoothies. (laughs) I ate a frozen like breakfast sandwich for the fifth time in a row this morning. (laughs) Maybe that's part of the cause of my stress, but it tasted so good. You know, but again, you just get in your head, right? Of those stupid, stupid little things. Yeah. Who doesn't love a good breakfast? Oh my gosh. A fancy breakfast smoothie. Let's be real. I know. This episode of And We Go On is sponsored by Flight of Fifth Blues and Barbecue. Come experience where the blues and barbecue of Beale Street meets the jazz and Cajun food of Bourbon Street at this from scratch kitchen in Bellevue, Iowa. Known for their incredible house smoked meats and Southern specialties, Flight of Fifth has been featured by Southern Living Magazine, Food and Wine Magazine, and the Iowa Tourism Awards. Grab a bite at Flatted Fifth at their flagship Bellevue, Iowa location in the historic Potter's Mill or at their Dubuque kitchen inside Dimensional Brewing Company. For more information, head to pottersmill.net. Um, so can we talk a little bit about the stress and nervous system? Yeah. And okay, so you you chatted a little, chatted a little bit back in April about the, the, the fight, flight, or freeze. Right. And when I was writing this down, I was trying to figure out situations that I've been in this. Cause I think I wrote, I used to have these things that were to come up. Like I had a lot of really unhealthy relationships in my twenties. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of really toxic friendships. I uh, chose not to deal with, you know, personal things. And I, I remember being in these certain situations and I felt like my nervous system was trying to tell me something and yeah. I would just ignore it. And it, I just chalked it up to being, Oh, it's my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's my anxiety. It's my anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my word, when I was writing this, I was like, there are 
pivotal moments, especially in my 20s. Sure. Sure. That my nervous system directly related to stress is like, oh, it was pushing, it was trying to literally get you to like flight. It was screaming. Yeah. 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 And I did not move. Mm-hmm. Like Mm-hmm. did not multiple times. Mm-hmm. Like I can tell you multiple times, but yeah. So can we talk a little bit about that? Cause did you give a, um, an example? Oh, it, it might've been very brief. Yeah. So <laughs> again, it's like the classic, like pick your giant animal with fangs, like chasing you. Right. Yeah. So I'll cap that up and then I'll try and bring it back to like today. Cause I've heard a couple of really good examples of how we can apply this to non-life threatening situations where our nervous system is still (laughs) responding. Right. So we have this really, really wise nervous system and there's two branches. There's the sympathetic, which think of it as like the accelerator in a car, right? It's, it's when we have to be amped up, our adrenaline gets going, our cortisol levels are higher. It's when we are in that heightened state. Right. And unfortunately that's where most of us spend most of our time. It's not where we should, but it's where a lot of us are is the sympathetic parasympathetic state is our brake system, right? It's the break in the car. It's our slowdown. It's where we rest and digest and restore. That's where we're meant to live most of our lives with these little blips of the sympathetic system, right? Mm. It's, it's healthy to feel a little bit of stress, but when our baseline is elevated all the time, that's when it becomes health issues, anxiety, mm. depression, yeah. high blood pressure, digestive problems. I mean, cancer, like truly, I know that seems extreme, but it becomes these chronically horrible things. And so way back when there were bears that were threatening our lives, uh, let's say that I am standing face to face with a bear. My three choices are to fight it, right? So I'm going to decide if I am stronger than that bear, I can fight it. But what happens is my body is physically releasing those chemicals that it just gave me to deal with the stressor. So when I am physically fighting the bear, I either die or I win, right? (laughs) Morbid, right? But let's say I win that fight. Well, my body's just released that stress. So I'm able to come back down to baseline because it's gone, right? Mm -hmm. Flight, my second option. I'm faster than that bear. I am going to run like hell for my life and get out of this forest. And if I do, I've released all of those stress chemicals by running right? It's physically been released. Freeze is our third option. It's the one that we don't, it's like our third choice, right? If we don't think we can fight, if we don't think we can flee, we freeze, we play dead, right? Maybe the bear isn't going to want us if we just play dead, right? Again, maybe we get eaten, but if we don't, we take this huge sigh of relief, right? We see the bear physically walking away from us so our stress can come down. So modern day stress, I don't know, let's talk about like a relationship issue, right? Or a marital problem. There's not this big, scary thing, object in front of us that we see immediately leave or that we fight. Um, And I I don't want to mess this example up because I read this once and it made so much sense. But let's say that we're having issues in a marriage or in a relationship. Our choices are to, number one, I should back up. Before we even get into the sympathetic system, we try to connect. Right. So before we even think about fighting or running from the bear, we look for our village. Mm -hmm. And if they're behind us, if we have our people right there, we feel safer, stronger. Right. It's 10 against one. We're okay. We Mm -hmm. don't even need to get into the sympathetic if we have our people. That just gave me goosebumps. Right. Mm Because it's it's huge. So marital problems. First thing we're going to try to do is connect with our partner. Right. If that doesn't work, it feels really stressful. So now we're in that sympathetic state. We're going to maybe fight and that might be verbal, right? Like we've all maybe yelled at a partner, right? Or said things we don't mean. So we're Mm -hmm. yelling, we're screaming, 
but nothing changes perhaps. If it does, maybe we come back down, but if it doesn't, nothing's released, right? Like nothing's come out of our body to tell us that we're, we can come back down. So we stay stressed. We can run away, right? We can leave the marriage or we can go run to our girlfriends and talk about what just happened. Mm -hmm. But again, it's not solving the problem. The freeze part is you saying, Hey, hon, how is your day? Go into bed by yourself and drinking wine all night, right? Like that's the freeze in that situation. I've stopped trying. Okay. All of those things are harmful for our nervous system because it doesn't solve the problem. The connection piece is what we really want to aim for. Mm -hmm. So that's one example to think about, like, it's not life-threatening and there's not that physical release of the stress. So it's so much harder unless we're aware and we know we have to get it out. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like when I can't like that release doesn't, you know, excite the body. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's when usually like tears come for oh, me personally. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's when, you know, you like built this thing up inside of your body or like you're having, you know, an intense conversation or you're defensive. Absolutely. I feel like that for me is in which probably a lot of other people too. Yeah, that, but that's a physical release of your stress. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right. Like oh, that's yeah. it right there. Right. And there's definitely been times in my life where I have like held it in. Yeah. And I was like, I don't understand why I just don't cry. Yeah. Just go find a quiet corner and right. let it out. And then you cry. can move on with your life. Yeah. Right? Like you're back to baseline. Yeah. That makes me think. So this was a long time ago. Um, but we were coming home from South America. We'd been there for like two and a half months. We were just ready to come home and our, we missed our first flight. Right. So the whole flight plan is just messed up and there's no one there who speaks English. And luckily I'd been speaking Spanish for two and a half months, but just like the most stressful flight plan you can possibly think of for like 24 to 36 hours. Mm. And no one was in danger. We were going to get home. It's not like we were going to get stuck there for the rest of our lives. But I remember getting to like where we had planned to go. And same thing. I just started sobbing because I had been in such a heightened state of stress just to survive. Right. To me, that was like a survival state. And then, yeah, that that release was like just sobs. Right. But our bodies needed to let that out. Because we couldn't hold on to it any longer. And I think, too, when you're traveling, you have this. I don't want to say like guard up, be like, okay, this is the plan. And we're going to have these checkpoints. Oh, right. You're prepared for things to go wrong almost. Right. Yeah. Kind of, oh, a hundred percent. Or you're kind of prepared to be uncomfortable because yeah, let's be real, totally. whether you're driving or flying. Yeah. It's never go so your like way. It's comfortable. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Unless you're riding first class, which. Girl, please. It's still yes. not going to go your way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it still might not go. You never know who your neighbor's going to be. Exactly. <laughs> so true. So true. Um, Yeah. No, I like that example because like you said, like in a real life situation, and I feel like when I was, you know, talking about these questions and thinking back to when you presented, it made me think about a lot of stuff in the past. And, you know, even work deadlines or job changes or financial troubles, like those are all very stressful and rightfully so, but they don't have this physical release or this huge like sigh of release unless we intentionally do that. Right. Unless we're purposefully journaling about it. Talking is still a physical release, right? Like being Mm -hmm. able to share about it. But I think our society says, bottle it up, keep it in, hold it together. Don't let people know you're struggling. Mm -hmm. And all that does is keep you in that state where we don't want to be that heightened perpetual accelerator. 
you talked about the the two pedals. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. My grandpa used to drive with both feet and oh. that's, well, he's still alive. Sorry. He does drive with both feet. He can't mm-hmm. physically drive anymore, but I just think that's what my life is with both of these sometimes. <laughs> and I'm just like right? constantly hitting both of these pedals <laughs> at the same time. At the same time. It's oh, not gosh. comfortable. Yeah. It's that like that. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, how do I even these pedals out? Yeah. Maybe a little. <laughs> right. It's, it's not an easy thing to do. I don't think in our day and age, Yeah, <laughs> but it's possible, right? It's possible if we slow down, you know, earlier yeah. Nat, you were talking about how you just go and go and go. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I resonate with that too. Oh, yeah. And again, I'm, I'm here talking about stress. Like I know better. I've read the research and I'm still that way, yeah. but I think that's just what we're taught and told is right. And like achieve, right? Like be better and achieve and look like you can do it all but we're breaking ourselves when we do that. Mm-hmm. And also it's hard too, because what if I genuinely want it? <laughs> oh yeah. Because like we talk a lot about like all of our like goals and stuff yeah. just for our organization. It's yeah. like, Oh, but at what point is like that beyond like human capability? Right. <laughs> or where is that threshold to be right. like, yeah, you know, I, I don't want to do these things for other people, but I genuinely want, you know, these things for my business. I want these things for my kids. I want this stuff for my marriage. You know, I want, I want to have these healthy friendships, but I'm like, I mean, I did have someone ask me if I had ADHD because they never thought I stopped moving. And I was like, (laughs) well, I don't think so, but thank you. (laughs) You know, but I was like, I, it's not that I don't stop moving. I just have goals in my life that I'd like um, to achieve. Yeah. And yes, some of them, I'm probably not like going back to baseline checking mm-hmm. in. I know I'm probably, you know, there's like seasons in your life where you're like, Correct. I'm constantly checking in. I know where my body's at. I know how I feel, you know, Definitely all of seasons. this. Other, and then, you know, other seasons where you're like, Ooh, didn't do that well. Didn't do that well. But you know, that wasn't terrible. Mm-hmm. So like, that's kind of like where I struggle. And I think that goes back to also to like the competitive drive that we have, you know, as like athletes or even in, you know, like this, the competitive nature inside of us, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. I think it's important to recognize those aren't bad things. No, like it's not a bad thing for you to have these huge goals for your organization and your nonprofit and your family and your travel. And, you know, and I think it's a good thing to be goal oriented and achievement driven and, something to be proud of, but when it starts to break you, right? right. Like when mm-hmm. you're not able to show up as the best version of yourself in your spaces, that might be an aha moment that I'm doing too much right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a, a dear friend when I was struggling to decide, do I stay at work with three kids? And just like, cause I'm very achievement oriented. Mm-hmm. So the thought of quitting my full-time job, pausing my career to raise my family was really scary. And it was a lot of me having to like convince myself that wasn't weak, right? Like that wasn't me conforming to this, you know, whatever image of a woman, but you know, she's pulled me aside one day and I was really struggling going back and forth. She's like, and you can have everything, but you cannot have it all at one time. Mm. And I say that to myself probably five times a day, right? Like I yeah. want the ice cream, but I also want to fit into my jeans. I can't have it all right now. Right? But <laughs> Like little and big things. And so I think too, it's okay. Like you said, seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm not able to show up fully in the spaces that I want to occupy, then it's too much. Mm-hmm. If I feel like I can go and still sleep okay at night and I'm feeling healthy and I feel like I am showing up, then that's great. Keep doing mm-hmm. that. Right. But if it starts to 
And again, self-awareness, right? Like if you're aware enough that my body hurts, I'm not drinking water. I'm not sleeping enough. I'm, I'm irritable with the people that I love. Those are indicators that perhaps it's time to check in Mm -hmm. with yourself. Right. So going, I feel like for a personal question for you and I didn't write this down. Yeah. So when you started your doctorate program, like obviously your kids are in school now, you know, you started your doctorate program, you're still working. Would you say that with your stressors and with your like self-awareness, what, cause your doctorate program is heavy. Yeah. Like that is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> like yep. where would you say in your life? We were like, okay, this is going to have to be put on the back burner or, you know, I'm going to have to say no to these things yeah. because I'm saying yes to my education and for my family. And you know what I mean? So what can you kind of share a little bit about that? I can. And it's still, I mean, it's never going to be a perfect balance. Right. right. And so I'm oh, yeah. still working on it, but it was me having very honest conversations with my incredibly supportive spouse mm-hmm. saying, I'm going to need you to remind me that I can't do everything. And I'm going to need you to step up in these ways. And again, he is an incredible man. He's like, I got you, right? Like you tell me where you need me to be in one and how you need me to support you. So I think it was me communicating what I needed before I was in the stressful space. (laughs) Like this is coming. I know my patterns help me when I get here. Mm -hmm. It's also me making the choice not to be working full time yet. Right. And I, I'm very privileged that I can be in that spot where I am teaching a few courses at UD, but also have time during my weekdays to do my homework, right? Do my research. Um, it's me having to say on Sunday afternoon, no, I can't go over to hang out with our neighbors and to that barbecue because I committed this afternoon to myself for homework. So those sacrifices are tough, but I think again, it's that planning ahead and recognizing there will be time right? Mm -hmm. I was able to be present Monday through Friday for my kids. So I need Sunday to myself, but reminding constantly week Mm -hmm. after week, um, I'm going to have to say no to some of the fun. Um, I'm also going to have to say no to some of the extra things being asked of me, right? If that's a committee or if that's an opportunity to be on a board, I can do everything, but I can't do it all right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. But it's not easy. Yeah. That's cool. Good job taking that on. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am too. Yeah. As you should be. I think like the asking for help before it gets bad, <sighs> huge. Yeah. like that's huge. Like I'm someone like, I, I don't ask for help even when it is bad. <laughs> this like, is new for me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like way too independent of a person. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, so the fact that you can acknowledge, okay, I know I'm going to need assistance. Just like, no, it's coming. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's huge. And even when we were talking, I was actually thinking in my head, what are things that I probably should be putting on the back burner right mm-hmm. now? So I can put like my health and wellness a little bit, a little, little bit more forward. Right. So that, you know, it supports my sleep. It supports, you know, a few other, you know, just internal body things that Absolutely. I'm like, Ooh, I kind of have put that on the back burner for a while. And that should probably be like kicked it, you know, a little bit yeah. further up. Yep. And yep. yeah, when you were saying that, I was like, ah, oh, dang it. I know I have to probably make a list of a few things that probably are hard to say no to. It's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it's me saying no to like going out for a glass of wine on a Thursday night with friends because I committed to myself. I was going to get up and write at Mm 5am, right? Like it's not breaking those promises to yourself, even though it really stinks. Mm -hmm. And it's reminding those friendships like, Hey, it's not because I don't want to like, I'm still here, but not tonight. You know, I, Mm -hmm. this is why. Totally. Yeah. That's cool. It's a practice. All right. So probably getting into like the six steps yes. we talked about, like yes. the, the big juicy part of what you actually talked about <laughs> at She Unites. Mm-hmm. So stress plays a major role in our everyday lives. How do we incorporate 
mindfulness into managing the stress and what are those six steps? Yes. Yes. So to clarify, it's really just like six strategies, six, right? So you can call them steps, but they're just six different things we can do. Right. So Mm -hmm. no one is better than another. You might find that like being creative is all you need to feel balanced and, and less stress. Whereas I need to just move my body. Right. So there's just six strategies. Um, I think if we back up and think about mindfulness, that's one of those buzzwords we hear a lot right now, but not everybody like really knows what it means. And people like picture these levitating meditators, like, Ooh, that's mindfulness. Right. Like if I don't have AC and grow my hair long, I don't know, whatever, (laughs) just the crunchy version. So mindfulness is really just paying attention on purpose to the present moment without judgment. So I'll say that again, it's paying attention on purpose to what's happening right now, but without judgment. So it's not me saying I'm doing this podcast with that and Adele for she unites. And I wish I would have said this and I'm judging myself this because that's, that's the judgment piece. And I think that's the hardest piece to take out of mindfulness, but it's saying, okay, I'm having these feelings. I'm having these thoughts. I'm having these stressors. Okay. What does that tell me I need to do? Not. I'm a horrible person. I'm failing at all my goals. What does that mean? What do I need to do for myself? So that's, that's what mindfulness is. There's so many different ways it can be practiced, right? It doesn't have to be meditation. Um, the six strategies we talked about in April, just to kind of recap was movement, right? So when we move our bodies, we increase endorphins, which makes us feel good. Um, we've read how many articles over the course of our lives, move your body, feel better, move your body. We solve all the health problems in the world, right? So even if you don't like to work out, just go for a walk, right? Like literally just get up and stretch every hour. If you work at a desk from eight to five, it's just moving more than you typically would and getting your spine to go in all, you know, all six directions. And it's incredible what that can do for your mood and your body and your stress levels, right? Mm -hmm. So we know this, but, but it's so important that we can't not, not mention it. Um, the second thing that we talked about, um, in April was creative expression. So I think we, as women often find like our self-worth and how productive we are and how much we can check off the to-do list. Like I'm calling myself out. Um, we forget to tap into our creative selves Mm -hmm. because there's no time or we don't know how to be creative anymore. Or we say, well, I'm not creative, right? Like I'm an accountant or I'm a whatever, and that's not a creative job, but when we carve out time to be creative, we like get access to the part of our brains that process emotions, right? So the more creative we are, the more in tune we are with our feelings. Oh, if I know what I'm feeling, then I can give myself what I need. And all of a sudden my stresses are like reducing, right? Mm -hmm. So creativity doesn't have to be painting. It could be music. It could be physical art. It could be writing. It could be moving your body. It could be being in nature, cooking, re- like it's just doing something because it's pleasurable and fun. Like mm-hmm. that's it. Right. And so I, um, I was listening to a podcast. It was Abby, um, the soccer player. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, I love her. Back. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it was on Glennon's, but it was like one that she did oh, okay. separately. Oh, cool. Like it was her being interviewed, oh. but she was talking about like, maybe it was Glennon. I don't know, but doing things for fun okay, for the pure purpose of having fun. She's a big surfer too. Right. Like she does yeah. super cool things. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what do I do that doesn't serve another purpose? Right. Yeah. Like, I work out and that's kind of fun, but I do it to feel healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I spend time with my, like, I couldn't think of something I just do because it's fun. It had like an underlying, like mm-hmm. this meets an objective, right. Or it like <laughs> checks something off secretly. Yeah. Right. And so that was like a really, for me, I feel like it'd be, for you, it'd be something musical. 
but I don't do that. You don't I, make the time for it. I don't make the time for it. I tell my kids to go to piano lessons and I talk about how much I love music and I sing in the car, but I don't just sit and play. Right. Yeah. Or like I'll sing jam, for you church. Need a jam sesh. You know, I do. I need to find some people to jam with. Adele jams. Okay. Yeah. I need to jam. Cool. Oh my gosh. But like girl band. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Girl band. But music used to be a huge part of my life. Like, yeah. you know, this, and yeah. then kids and work and stuff later, it's like, I'll sing for church because they asked me to, but that's like, unpaid work, right? Like it, it's nice, but I'm still doing it because it was an expectation of me. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like a no brainer, right. but I don't. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to do things just for fun because it brings us out of that like stress, stress place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So creative, creative, um, emotional curiosity was the third one. Um, so, I mean, think about the last time you approached your emotions with curiosity and not judgment, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm like, like, or, like, I'm not sure. Have I, have question, I mark? question mark. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So again, Adele's like, like my thoughts. No, I know <laughs> if we're feeling anything other than like happy and super positive and awesome, then we judge ourselves for it. Like, why am I feeling scared? Why am I feeling sad? Why am I feeling guilt? Why am I feeling whatever? Well, it's mm-hmm. just a feeling feelings yeah. are data. Like we're going to have them. And the more we honor all of them, even the unpleasant ones, the happier we're going to be. And the more we're going to recognize like, oh yeah, everyone else on this planet also feels these unpleasant emotions mm-hmm. and that's okay. And that's just part of who I am. So being more curious about your emotions and less judgmental is huge. And it's easy to say that no emotions are bad, but believing that no emotion is bad really flips a switch in, in those stress levels. Cause sometimes I stress about the emotions I'm feeling. I'm like, well, this oh. is just, this is like a terrible cycle, right? I'm feeling mm-hmm. this yeah. and I'm stressed about my feelings. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to feel this in this situation. That's okay. Mm-hmm. It is who I am. And then we're going to work through that, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to, we're going to let it pass or we're going to do what I need to do if it's really unpleasant to reduce that. But the judgment just, it has to go with emotions. Has to I go. feel like one thing that I've been working on, even when a friend brings me like feelings or emotion or even my partner to be like, to start off with your feelings are valid. Absolutely. Like let's just start there and just know that. Yep. Gentle reminder. You cannot feel wrong in this situation. Yeah. Like they are valid. Yep. You can be angry. You can be sad. You can be bad. They are valid. Right. It is okay. Perhaps we could demonstrate those emotions in inappropriate ways, but feeling them. Right. Isn't wrong. Isn't wrong. No. Right. Isn't wrong. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a really big one. And it's, you know, people are like, well, how do you start doing that? It's like, you start by naming the actual emotion you're feeling. Don't say I'm good when you're not good. Mm-hmm. Don't say I'm great when you're not right. So like learning emotions, words, like literally building your emotional vocabulary helps us to, to work through that one. And knowing who you can take those emotions to. Right. Yeah. Having Trusting those people, having those safe spaces, which I feel like you tapped on a little bit too yeah. there at the beginning. Um, like who you can take those to. Cause you can tell, you know, if you see a stranger at pickup line or at the grocery store or an acquaintance and they're like, how are you? And you're like, do you, are you We're just not getting you, into you it don't today. care. Yeah. Yeah. Are you, you asking, don't have time for my answer. <laughs> yeah. And are you a safe space? Like yeah. I didn't understand what that was like early on at all. Like, mm-hmm. because I'm such an extrovert, I would just let anyone carry those for me or I let, you know, he, he handle any of that. And I, I was like, Ooh, shouldn't have gone there. Right. Right. Like I felt early, I felt like it took me a long time to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Like, Ooh, I have these safe pockets of people that I can take those thoughts and feelings to. Absolutely. And it's okay if, you know, not everyone knows them. Mm-hmm. It's okay. 
Well, and that like that leads beautifully into the next strategy, which is connection, right? And like being wise with who you connect with and, and who you surround your people with. But, you know, we talked earlier, human human beings are wired to connect with one another. So even, you know, introvert, extrovert doesn't matter. Like friendly, not friendly doesn't matter. Work virtually work with a ton of people. It doesn't matter. We are wired to want to connect with people because that's when we are safest is when we're with other people that we trust and, you know, feel like we belong. Um, again, like being with people we trust sends signals to our brain again, that we're safe. And when our brain feels safe, it can relax. And if our brain is relaxed, our body, like, so it all is connected when you think about it. So I think in our fast paced culture, it's, something that we like put on the back burner, right? Like, oh, well, I'll call them next week. I'll, I'll FaceTime them later. We'll get wine another week. And one month turns into six months. It's been a year since I've gotten together with a friend, but it's really important to carve out that time, you know, and even if it is in a workspace, even if it is just 10 minutes here and there um, to make a phone call or to send the text, you know, that's not as good as face-to-face, but it's still an effort. Um, connecting with people and being truly present relaxes our entire nervous system and is really important um, to just make us remember who we are too. So that's a huge strategy that I can't emphasize enough. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said in the beginning, that's like at the core mission of She Unites, right? Mm-hmm. So like you're, you're doing really important work. That's not easy for women to do sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Mm. Um, going, thank you for kind of breaking all those six strategies down. Yes. That was super helpful. You're welcome. Um, and kind of kind of late leading into this, I know we talk a lot about obviously women on our podcast because, you know, our programs are tailored to women, everything, everything uh, is tailored to women. But would you say, so I feel like our world and maybe just social media recently, I feel like we have, have a lot of pressure on us as women to have more control over our thoughts, our feelings, mm. interior systems, like figuring these things out. And maybe it's just my feed of what I see, sure. but do you think men are feeling this pressure? Like, do you think, you know, at where you see like collegiately, like, you know, the kids at young adults, you know, at the university, like, what does this look like? Do you have both, you know, both parties coming to you with certain things, do you, you know, or, you know, do you see more, you know, on one side or the other, would you say, because I, and maybe it's just me visually seeing, you know, what, you know, the algorithm is feeding me, but I tell Clay this all the time, my partner, like, I feel like I'm getting these pressures to figure out how to navigate all these feelings that I mm-hmm. have inside of me. Do you feel like you need to do that too? <laughs> because I feel like if we're both doing it, we're going to be like cruising in the same lane, down the same highway, mm-hmm. going the same speed. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, full force yep. together yep. team. But if you don't feel like you have that pressure, are like, I, you know, I was just thinking about that. Like, yeah. you know, maybe not. I don't know the answer, but I think men hundred percent absolutely deal with these same issues. I think perhaps yeah. they're told like a different societal message. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But like, think of like toxic masculinity is like, I'm good. I'm strong. I'm not emotional. Cause that's like sissy weak stuff. Right. Like that's, yeah. I feel like the message men get, but they have all the same feelings we do and they have all the same stressor, maybe not all the same, but just as many stressors as we do. And so I think absolutely men deal with these same ideas and, and thoughts about emotions. And, you know, you're talking about my UD classes and things. And I, I do work with a lot of athletes. I will say in the last couple of times I've taught this course on emotions, 
that I love to teach, I've had more men come to me mm-hmm. from my class and say, this was life-changing. Like I oh, awesome. didn't know how to even like check in with myself before this class. And now I'm realizing how much I'm learning about like, I'm not okay. Or like, this is some areas that I want to work on. So I think men just as much as women just need to know that this is not like we have emotions, right? Like right. we have mm-hmm. emotions. It's safe to talk about them, giving them a place and space to talk about them. And you can um, be educated on it. And you can be educated on it. And honestly, like there's so much, I won't get into it, but there's so much scientific research about how powerful emotions are when it comes to how we make decisions and how we live our lives and how effective we are in workspaces and in relationship. Like it's really they're really powerful. Mm-hmm. And so to, to say that we take emotions out of it or to have that be a goal of not having them, um, I think is really detrimental to like fulfilling lives. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, this is, this is a people problem, not a woman problem. For sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Human oh, totally. being problem. <laughs> a human being. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. I know when I was making those lists of questions, I was like, I'd be curious because I, yeah, yeah, you know, I am just on the side of, you know, obviously what you see in the research that you're doing, um, what that looks like. Yeah. I think different pressures too, you know, with some of the student athletes I work with, it's like their identity is athlete. Yeah. And if I don't perform at this level that I've been told I should perform at, there's nothing left to me. And so I literally just talking about this. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I find a lot of my student athlete conversations really focus on identity. Yeah. When you get talking, there's emotions twine there and there's, I mean, it's all, all of these topics are really interrelated. And so, yeah, it's like, who am I, if I'm not a runner or I'm not a tight end or if I'm not, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. like, well, there's a lot more to you. And we dig into that and but, but you have to be in a space where you want to dig into it first. Mm-hmm. Right. And that right. comes back to connecting and feeling safe with people to talk about it. So. Cause I don't know if I could have heard that conversation when I was 22. And by no means are all college students ready. No. Right. And, and a lot of them are really self-aware, right? Like not mm-hmm. all college students are struggling with this, but I would say a lot mm-hmm. more than would admit it are. Oh, totally. Yeah. You know, with stress mm-hmm. and with identity and with you know, emotional awareness. Mm-hmm. I even think that too, like identity with my job, you know, mm-hmm. now, you know, post college, you know, I feel like, oh, your identity is wrapped up, you know, in your job. And you're like, okay, wait a second. <laughs> let's, un- let's, uh, let's back this up a little bit. For sure. Well, yeah. When even you even like go to introduce yourself, like you introduce yourself with like your job title or like who you are in relation to others, yes. like, mm-hmm. like not anything actually about yourself. No. Right. So true. I should start. I wish I, I needed to start doing that. I'm Natalie Finley. I'm an extrovert. and I like food. <laughs> I drink coffee at all hours of the day. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say that. I have to, I can't drink it after two. I'm describing myself. Oh, right no. <laughs> Fair. I will eat chocolate at all times of go. day. I like that. Yeah. You have a breakfast cookie. Okay. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> Count me in. Yeah. And I know we talked about, yeah, yeah. like young athletes. And I felt like we, we were all in that like young woman period of time, obviously mm-hmm. yeah, we all are at some point in time in our life, but yeah, as young woman, as a young woman, I wanted to understand my body way more, but I didn't have the tools, the time or educational resources. Where would you say if someone else was sitting in this position mm. to kind of start that? Because you started with yoga. I did. Yeah. And that's huge. Right. And I mean, the knowledge doesn't come right away, right? Like, let's be honest. I went to yoga because I wanted to like 
look good, right? Like I wanted a strong body and then all these extra like emotional other things came, came right? Yeah. So, I mean, to, to answer your question, it's hard, right? Cause it's a super simple answer. That's really challenging, but it's just to get quiet and be still and pay attention, right? Like if you want to get to know your body better, you need to be quiet enough to listen to it and you need to be still enough to let it catch up to your pace. Right. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, me included, included, Stop moving and get quiet and just spend five minutes a day, like scanning your body, right? Closing your eyes and saying like, okay, how do my toes feel? How do my ankles feel? How does, how do my knees feel? How does my stomach feel? I mean, just a body scan, I think is really powerful mm-hmm. um, because when you name different parts of your body, your attention goes there and you realize, oh my gosh, I have this like cramp that's been in my foot for the last couple of weeks. I didn't even know it was there. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, my stomach is actually really like bloated. I didn't notice because I haven't stopped moving. What does that mean? Oh my gosh, it's because I ate like six cheese sticks this morning with my my kids. I need to not do that tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So when we pause and actually think about our physical sensations, um, it, it's really powerful. And I've done multiple things before. I've journaled about it. I've tracked things, right? Like you don't have to make it complicated, but just like my hip is hurt for six or seven days in a row, right? And I won't get into the woo-woo stuff, but like when your right hip hurts or something, it's like you're storing emotions that you won't, you know, whatever. But so I'm like, okay, where's my like woo-woo knowledge meeting my physical body, right? So I think getting quiet and paying attention is really powerful. Um, Maybe it's breath practices, maybe it's meditation, but it's just being honest with what you're feeling. And again, not judging what comes up. Mm-hmm. And just letting the messages come up. And if nothing comes up, that's super normal, right? If you've never listened to your body before or like talked to your body, mm-hmm. it's not going to be like this aha moment right away. It's going to take practice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one affirmation I find really powerful to say out loud or to tell people who are like just starting this relationship with their body is to say or write that I love and honor and trust my body. That's it. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. and I trust and I honor my body. And some days I don't believe it and some days I do. Right. But just having that consistent practice of saying like, I love you. I trust you. Thank you for everything you do for me. I honor. I like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like I shouldn't ask anything else. I feel like that's where we should end we, it. We can, that was we a great way right there. to close it there. But we do have a few like rapid questions. Ooh. I shouldn't say rapid. Yeah, yeah. Some, some are rapid. Some are not so rapid. Yeah. Um, let's hear it. <laughs> All right. Um, a woman that inspires you. A woman that inspires me, Brene Brown. Mm, okay. Good one. Great yeah. answer. First one that came to mind. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about shame all day long. Right. <laughs> Give me more of it. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, beverage of choice. Coffee. Okay. No questions asked. No, Just getting our doctorate are, right these now. These are so and it's done. easy so far. <laughs> okay. Uh, what content are you currently consuming? Uh, Besides are the, all, all the articles you're reading. <laughs> like my, For net, research. Like my Netflix, <laughs> like Netflix, podcast, podcast music, like what, okay. what you're okay. consuming for purely the joy and yeah. like the creative stress relief. It's wow. not creative, but it's joyful. I just got into SWAT on Netflix. <gasps> oh, I, I love it. it. Oh my, it's just like a police cop okay. show, but I would it's have like, never paid oh you to watch that. I love it so much. Show. High intensity and the Hondo like lead guy <laughs> is not bad to look at and watch. So when my kids are doing things, I have like SWAT on. That's awesome. Um, we're listening hardcore to the little mermaid, the new oh, soundtrack. Okay. Cause we've seen that new movie a couple of times and I just belt out those songs and like sob every <gasps> oh, time. Fantastic. Yeah. So. So good. I don't know. Swat in the little fairy. <laughs> like awesome. I know, right? That is awesome. I wish you could have seen Anne in high school just rock the music side oh, yeah. and like theater oh, side. Lordy. 
Yep. Phenomenal. <laughs> that was the cool kid on stage. That was you me. were. It was Thanks. very impressive. Why, thank you. It's okay. I lived a very similar life and don't, don't even. I think, I think we should be friends. Yeah, we, we definitely should be. <laughs> you guys can bust out, you know. Yes, we could. Musical vocals. Yeah, very, very nerdy music and like love theater it. kids. I love sure. it so much. Uh, okay, final one. What does community mean to you? Um, community means safe, like just safe and belonging and connection. Like it's just three words. It's not a sentence, but when you say community, I think safe, belonging, connection. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Perfect. Mm. Thank you for being here. Thank you. This is fun. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. We will. Um, Oh, last thing. If people want to find you, where can they find you? Yeah. So I don't have like a website or anything right now. Like I said, I teach at UD part-time. Um, I am on LinkedIn, so you can look up just my name on LinkedIn and you'll find me pretty easily with my headshot, um, Facebook, and then email. And that's something that we can put up. I, I assume like on a website yeah. too. Yeah. On yeah. our show notes. Yeah. Yeah. In the show yeah. Show notes. That'd be great. Yeah. I love that you have a LinkedIn. I sure do. Yes. <laughs> I was in career services, Nat. Come on. That's true. That's very true. I just set an example. Uh, that's all right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> oh, good. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for listening to And We Go On. Check out our show notes for links and additional education. We would love to hear from you, so please leave us a review. Be the first to sponsor And We Go On, a She Unites podcast. Get your name out in the community, in person, and online. For more info, email sheunitesiowa at gmail.com. She Unites is a 501c3 nonprofit organization registered in the state of Iowa. We are proud to be a 100% donation-supported organization. Our spaces, speakers, and programming are all gifted by those who support our vision because we are better together. If you feel compelled to join us in the She Unites mission, please donate at sheunitesiowa.com. Follow us on Instagram at sheunitesiowa for the latest and greatest from our organization.